So put your hands up uh, with your Bible and you say, Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to us and you will reveal your heart to us and uh, you will challenge us this morning. And we don't want to just do what is convenient for us. We wanted to hear your word in such a way that it will lead us to be in a place to reflect more of you, Christ. So we thank you for your word. And in faith we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I go into the main topic, uh, I want to give you a little bit of a summary or maybe an introduction of what's going on in my life. Because part of my story will, is actually connected to the message what I'm going to share. So, as many of you know, I grew up in a Christian family and uh, that doesn't mean, you, you can be born in a Christian family, that doesn't mean you are a Christian. Hello? You know that, right? So, we, ca- we can be born in a Christian family, I grew up in a Christian family, but I really felt that I was not really knowing Jesus. I knew about Jesus here. I thought, you know, if I go to church, I do the churchy thing and I spoke Christianese, I will arrive to the destination. But I never understood it's a relationship. It's like encountering. It's like knowing one another. And that's what I felt. Uh, I was doing my job well. But then one point of my life, uh, what I realized, this book, I thought this is a book just for me to get to the destination, not necessarily help me through the destination. You with me? Okay, don't lose me. Okay, so I felt this book, the Bible we call it, and this book is a means to the end, not necessarily a journey that will help me sustain a fruitful life. That's why we are a spirit being, we have a soul, we live in a body. We know that, right? I am a spirit. Say this with me, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. So, spirit is is what recognizes, oh, I need, I need some divine connection. That's why your spirit is convicted. The Holy Spirit convicts your spirit. And then your soul. Soul is the, the mixture of three things, the emotions, mind and the willpower. And the center of the soul is your mind. But then it comes to body, we have all the senses, we know that. So I'm not getting into that. The main topic is, I will come in a minute. So what I did, I wanted to feel whatever that body feels, I wanted to find validation in the Bible. Whatever I want to do in my body, I wanted to find validation in the Bible so that I will not feel guilty of doing wrong things. That's how we turn the Bible into a a typical me type mentality. I call this, the sermon this morning, it's called cut and paste theology. I don't know whether you heard the term cut and paste theology. What do we do with cut and paste? We take one word there, one word here, we kind of manufacture it, tailor suit it to our particular lifestyle and we justify that this is okay because this says in the word. Many Christians have done it, many Christians still are doing it, some of you might have done it, some of you might be doing it, some of you regret doing that. So I want to give you four major errors people do that and I have done that in my life but before I arrive to that place 
what one thing i wrote down in, in here uh, when i was thinking about it there are dangerous uh, deadly stuff we all encounter so i wrote down what are the deadly d's you know because these are danger points like where we do stuff that's really messed up say for example uh, debt difficulties disagreement differences discord disappointment defeat dead ends depression delay doubt distance demands and the biggest of the big d is not death it's divorce so let me repeat this again so that you can get it in your system and by the way if you're not fastly taking notes uh, you can just send me a, a whatsapp message i will send you the notes so that you can have it and then uh, you can use this put it in your system and you can also share you know so it's it's for available for everyone and uh, so it's these are the deadly d's debt difficulties disagreement differences discord disappointment defeat dead ends depression delay doubt distance demands and then the divorce what what do i mean by that these are the deadly d's we face in our life how many of you felt you faced dead ends in your life yes you felt disappointments you felt discouragement discontent you know distress depression these are things that's common listen when you face these list it's easy to make a theology of your current situation about god about your life and miss the whole perspective what god wants to do in your life say for example let's take one particular issue one of the thing is debt debt is a sign that person is not walking in the fullness of god okay financial crisis is a sign that the person has not discovered the wholeness of god again watch me very carefully when i say this i'm not talking about getting rich i'm talking about divine wealth getting rich is not divine wealth i have i have known so many friends who have a lot of money but they don't have wealth you get my point jesus never rode a bmw but he was the most prosperous man on planet earth why what is prosperity prosperity means no lack that's what prosperity means so jesus never rode a bmw jesus never had a iphone 10 with 256 gigabytes he never had all those you know there is a genes called the true religion i don't know whether you heard about the genes the starting price of the genes is 35000 rupees in india imagine you give that to the guy who iron it and he swap the genes <laughs> with this ordinary levis which is still 2000 rupees you probably might have an heart attack you know anyway but that's the point so he never lacked anything so he, he was not measuring his fullness based on what he has in other words your self worth does not come from your net worth you get my point your self worth does not come from your net worth in other words your value does not come from your valuables when we don't understand this what we what we do we find scripture and we tailor it to our own particular ways 
and then we try to validate with going and asking other people to confirm it one of the greatest challenges in the christian world we have something called christian sorcery the other religions do that the hindus do that the muslims do that the other buddhism go that they go to a guru and they even say please pray for me hear from the lord what the lord has for me listen to me you and me have the same holy spirit put your hand on your heart and say i don't have a junior holy spirit i don't have a senior holy spirit i have the same holy spirit that jesus had you you get my point so what do we do we go to one place to another place we say pastor can you please pray for me apostle can you please pray for me reverend can you please pray for me but the bible says when you go the spirit in you tells you whether you have to turn to the right or the left so that means the greatest gift god has given you holy spirit in you that's what we've been singing the awareness of his presence but we don't get aware of the presence we are aware of the presence of god in other person and we go to that person say please pray for me but that person is clever because he is god aware of the presence of god and you can be clever just like him or her by getting aware of the presence of god hello but we fail to recognize this so we go to one person to another person and i'm i'm going to say this please hear my heart it's nothing wrong to go and ask someone to pray i have asked and i still ask people to pray for me you have asked sometimes some of you have asked me to pray it's nothing wrong but when you put your trust on other people's prayer to take you to your destination you miss the point hello are you with me when you put your trust on the other person's effect of prayer that will lead you to the destination you totally miss missed it why because the one who lives inside is wanting to get out but when you get aware of the presence he releases you the divine direction so this is the title and i'm going to show you a four minutes video uh, we would much rather be able to just go to our hotline to heaven <laughs> dial up god could i speak to god please <laughs> oh god so good to talk to you. yeah this is joyce down here on earth listen um i uh i need to know what you want me to do in this um situation i've got but you know really while we're talking i just like to know really what you want me to do with my whole life i'm kind of confused and mixed up about the whole thing you know what's i mean since i've got you you know what's the call on my life and you know what's going to happen with my kids and you know how how's all this stuff going to huh what huh Oh, you want me to read the word? Oh. Oh. You mean you want me to act like I believe it? Oh. Oh. You put your holy spirit in me and you want me to learn how to be led by the holy spirit. Huh. Well, wouldn't it just be a whole lot easier if you just tell me? Yeah, I mean, I I think if you just tell me it would just make everything a lot easier cuz you know that being led by the spirit stuff huh you got to go now oh oh yeah oh oh okay you already told me once you're not going to tell me again okay i get it all right well love you lord bye
<laughs> we, we wish we have a phone hotline like this to God. How many of you wish like that? Be honest. Come on. I wish, I wish we could just dial up to God and say, God, just talk to me. But he doesn't do that, right? How many of you felt so frustrated when you felt you've been praying for years or months or even weeks and you don't hear a word, I wish I have a hotline to God. And that's what we think. I wish when we pray, we close our eyes, immediately there is a connection, boom. And then we have it all. Amen? Say this after me. Written word of God. Living word of God. Spoken word of God. So this, this Bible is written over the period of 1500 years by in three different languages, Aramaic, Hebrew and Greek and it has 40 different writers, not authors. There's only one author, his name is called Holy Spirit. Hello? It's not 40 different authors. 40 different writers. There are writers, some of them are poets, some of them are kings, some of them are laymen, some of them are scribes, some of them are fishermen, some is one is a doctor, you know, one is a, a weirdo like John, who, you know, it's like some are really crazy. You think, how come he made it up in the list? Guess what? You and me are on the list also. So that means these guys can be on the list. Amen. So 40 different people say 40 different authors. So I always say to them, no 40 different authors, 40 different writers. One author, his name is Holy Spirit. That's why you find the same theme from the beginning to the end. It starts with a garden, with a family, ends with a marriage, wedding feast and the revelation. Amen. So Holy Ghost International Church was not planted and the three days Pentecostal convention was not happening in Revelation. Hello. Get my point. So, let's go a little deeper. What I wrote down here is um, cut and paste theology. There's a lot of words we can go and talk about it, but I wrote down four important verses that we commonly use and totally out of context and we take it for our own and then we try to live. This thing does not work. In the kingdom, there are no shortcuts. Turn to the person next to you and say, in kingdom... No shortcuts. Say it as you mean it. In the kingdom, there are no shortcuts. Okay. Uh, I have been to religious temples, religious mosques and churches and there are shortcuts. If you know the priest, you can get through the line. Hello. If you know the chief pastor, you can cut through the line because the chief pastor's assistant is your cousin brother. So he knows his phone number. He can, you can get through. You don't need to call the landline where the receptionist with an attitude pick up the phone and say, Pastor is not here. Actually, he's here. But he, he, she's been trained to say he's not here because you're not that important. Hello? So religion always teaches you shortcuts. Kingdom, there are no shortcuts. So one of the things that we do uh, in the cut and paste theology, we take verses that fits our lifestyle. This is one of the verses we take. So there are four verses we're going to take and we're going to unpack it, what God wants to do in those four verses. So if you're taking notes, it's a really beautiful thing. So Jeremiah 29, 11. How many of you know this scripture? By heart. Because it's a very common verse. It says, For I have... The plans for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans to give you future and hope. So this is a very common scripture and we have taken it out of context. One of the context is every time the Bible, listen to me, all of Bible is in God, not all of God in the Bible. 
Hello? I didn't lose you, right? All of Bible is in God. Say this after me. All of Bible is in God, but not all of God is in the Bible. Because Bible is just a spoken word which is written by 40 different writers. But it is not all of God written in the Bible. Okay, so it's a part of God. So if you read again, say for example, I have read at least six to seven or eight times. I can't remember, but every year I go through a, a different version because I get bored with the same version. So I started with the King James version, thee and thou. Now I got confused with that version. So now I changed it. Now I'm reading one called message version. And sometimes I go back and forth with passion, which gives me a different perspective because I can read the same passage, but with a different version, it enables me to understand the depth of what God wants to speak. How many times when you read the same words, something enlightens? That's the word of God. That's the spoken word, written word, living word. Amen. So this scripture has to be translated in the context. What is the context? The guy is a, is a prophet. He's a teenage guy. He's been carried captive by the Babylonians and they were in a, stuck in, a, in another nation. They lost their language. They lost their people group. They, everything. They have to learn a different language. They have to learn a different food style. Everything. And then on the top of it they have to live in a lifestyle. And in all these things he was stuck and everything. And he was just saying what should I do? So he's been prophesying for 20 years. So he started as a teenager. After 20 years, he started prophesying and he started saying, this is what's going to happen. This is what is going to happen. All these things he was doing. But finally, he saw the people of Israel stuck in a foreign land and they wanted to go to their own promised land. That's where the God spoke to him and he said, hey, if you read the whole context of Jeremiah 29, the whole word says, don't worry about this. I have plans for you, plans to prosper you, give you future and hope. What was he saying? Don't despise where you live. God will bless. Let's turn to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. So if you have your Bible, turn with me, chapter Jeremiah, chapter 29. From verse 4, it says, This is what the Lord Almighty says, the God of Israel. Say to those all I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So where are these guys? They are in Babylon. So build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number, do not decrease. Also seek, underline this one, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Don't listen to the dreamers. I encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. And then he goes on and says, this is what the Lord says, when 70 years are coming to Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise, bring you back to this place. But I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. So what do we do? We live our lifestyle we want. We take this verse and we try to fit inside our own lifestyle. We say, oh, the Lord has a plan for me to give me future and hope. Listen, the plan of God will only work according to the ways of God. 
plan of God will never work in your own ways. That's why somebody said, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. Say this after me. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. So what is the moral of this? This whole scripture. The scripture is, Christ wants to be glorified in our cities. So, God put you in a city. Don't curse the city. Don't think the city is not yours. When you pray, that's what its verse says. Also seek, verse 7, the peace and prosperity of the city which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, I too will prosper. Guess what happens when Vellur is blessed? Who will be blessed? Hello? You should say, me, I'm going to be blessed. Who's going to be blessed? I'm going to be blessed. If the Vellur is blessed, I'm going to be blessed. If Vellur is all green, who's going to be so proud about the city? I'm going to be the proud about the city. If the Vellur Pala River is filled with water, guess who's going to be so blessed? We are the Vellurians going to be so blessed. Imagine the parks of Vellur is green. Who's going to be blessed? We are going to be blessed. If the politicians walk with integrity and with maturity, guess who's going to be blessed? Our taxpayers' money. Everyone who is not even paying tax will start paying tax because you know the money is spent in a right way. Right now you are saying, God, give me wisdom how not to pay tax. Give me creative ideas, Lord. See, that's what in the Bible says. Pray for the prosperity of the city. I have a plan for you. Plan to prosper you in future. That's for your future, not to harm you. Some place it says, I have thoughts for you. Listen to me. Sometimes the reason why we don't prosper, because we try to take the word, do it on our own way. Let's make a commitment in our life. I want to pray in such a way that the king of glory will visit my city so that the plans of God will be fulfilled. Amen? So this is one. I have three more to go. Okay, the second one, which is a very common verse. When I say 828, some of you might know what is this verse. Right? What is it verse? For we know that in all things, God works together for good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Amen? Okay, this verse is a very common verse. What people say, oh brother, God works at everything for good, who called... You know, it's like turning it around. But let's look again. Who wrote this passage? God wrote this passage through Paul. Right? This is what the moral is. Christ is glorified in our circumstances. I'll explain to you. Paul is writing to a group of pagans. These guys living a dubious lifestyle. What is a dubious lifestyle? Inside a holy, outside a unholy. Sunday born again, someone said Monday dead again. So this kind of lifestyle people live. So people come to church, say kumbaya, kumbaya, kumbaya and outside kutaya, kutaya, kutaya. You see, this kind of lifestyle is what Paul is saying. You know, this one does not work. Again, again, turn with me to Romans. Okay, this is very exciting passage. It's one of the passages I've heard so many people have misquoted it. Romans chapter 8. Okay, I, we don't have time to read all of it, but I'm just going to pick a few verses to... In the same way, verse 26. In the same way means, before that, Paul was explaining. 
for in this hope we are saved we have been hope that is seen is no hope at all the hope that is all already has but if we hope for what we do not have we wait for it patiently in the same way the spirit helps in our weakness so how many of you have weakness okay only four okay fine everyone has a weakness very good if we do not know what we how to pray out means must to pray but the spirit himself intercedes for us with the groans that words cannot express sometimes we come into a circumstance we don't know how to pray anybody went through the circumstances yes you arrived to a situation you don't know how to pray you have done everything your mind said or your heart desired but still you are in a dead end that's why i read those deadly d's you arrive in a dead end you don't know how to do it anymore that circumstances feels like that's it no more that's where the holy spirit says he who searches your hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit inside intercedes what is intercede god tells you to tell god back what he already told you did i confuse you very good okay so that's called intercession standing in the gap so your spirit intercedes for the saints according to god's will circle that word god's will and then it says we know that in all things what is in all things in all the circumstances god works for good for those who love him who been called according to his purpose not your own purpose not like you go and mess up and say oh god will work it out for good according to his purpose no not like you go and have a relationship that is outside the covenant and then you say god you going to turn it around for good listen god will never waste your hurt that's true but god is not going to take responsibility for your stupid choices hello that's why the most important decision you need to make is not about the choices it's about think about the consequences of the choices every time when you make a choice it's easy choices are made instantly consequences are permanent of the choice so every time say for example i married 8 years ago the beautiful girl in the whole world Eunice and when i married her i thought and thought and thought so many times if what i'm going to make a decision it's going to have an eternal consequence why because it's saying yes to that girl is just few seconds living is an eternal consequence sometimes we don't think about the eternal consequence we just go with the impulse and that's why so fast they get into a relationship so fast they get out of the relationship hello is ring a bell i want to challenge you don't take this word out of context what is this word when you are walking in the promises of god when you are fulfilling the purposes of god when you are going through all the challenges in your life in the midst of all the challenges god says yes you are still walking in my way i can turn this around for good not like i'm going to mess around and then i'm going to take this word i'm going to be seeing god glorified no so second principle we need to learn is christ is glorified in all my circumstances amen what was the first one christ is glorified in our cities so if i bless the city i'm blessed second one christ is glorified in all my circumstances that means when i did everything right 
when i am keep on walking in the faithfulness of god when i am keeping my word my commitment being faithful in the in the ways of god and still i face challenges hindrances problems crises i know he will turn it around for good amen not like i'm going to live my own life and then god will fix my mess the third one which is another interesting one you might have remember the scripture philippians 4 13 18 and 19 i can do all things through christ who strengthens me have you heard this i remember one guy went to the pastor and said oh pastor you have to come for my wedding ah he said you've been married man i remember you've been married few times divorced and married oh you want to marry no i'm fifth marriage pastor this one i said why are you getting married again no oh, i can do all things through christ who strengthens me it's not a joke it's a real story sometimes we take the verse that suits our lifestyle and mess it around listen say for example this verse verse 19 my god will meet all my needs according to the riches of his glory in christ jesus we use this verse to live our lavish lifestyle this verse is written in the context you know where it, paul wrote the scripture he wrote in a prison he wrote in a prison where there was no electricity no running water no mattress no ac no centralized ac nothing there was no hot cup of coffee there was nothing no cell phone not writing oh i'm writing philippians 4 snapchat instagram nothing no nonsense he was writing with with chains in his in his ankles he was writing in a dark cold prison wet everybody's ran away deserted he was writing and he said if you read again turn with me to the book of philippians i want you this this will be really really interesting for you to understand okay and uh, 13 before 13 he says uh, verse 10 i rejoice greatly in the lord that the last year renewed your concern for me indeed you have been concerned that you had no opportunity to show it i am saying this because i am in need and i have learned to be content whatever the circumstances i know what it is to be in need i know what is to have plenty i have learned the secret of being content in every given situation whether we well fed or hungry whether we living in plenty or in want i can do all things through Christ to strengthens me. What is he saying? He is saying, you know what? I know how to eat a buffet, but I also how to eat, know how to eat rice porridge with pickle. You have eaten rice porridge with pickle? You know, sometimes my family when we were going through crisis, that's the meal we could afford. the old rice from the previous night you pour it water and you leave it the next morning you have it and sometimes we don't even have money for the pickle we would take one uh, onion uh, now it's a delicacy actually if somebody gives to me it's like yeah i wish i could have that you know uh, i mean those days thank god it passed but i remember we would sit around the table and we would thank god for that take a rice porridge and we can't even afford sometimes a pickle and we will bite the chinnavengai you know that small onions it's nice and with the green chili and you can't have more than one because there are very few chilies there hello i'm not exaggerating that's where i grew up but my dad used to teach me if you can be thankful in this because he used to tell there are people don't have what you're eating charles which was true and is still true in our country people still don't have that and and non vegetarian now i'm strictly non vegetarian but before that it used to be like 
only once a week my dad would take not even whole kilo three fourth three fourth of the kilos he will take and uh, and he, he was it was only on sundays you know and we would enjoy that meal and that's what paul is saying i know how to live in abundance have you any anybody been to your buffet hello yes and sometimes you feel like i wish i could eat more anybody had a thought like that or only me you're laughing either you're laughing at me or you're laughing at yourself okay i believe it's the second statement <laughs> i have gone through that thought so many times i wish i could eat more and and i remember going to there is one here called the darling barbecue my wife we had a unique celebration so i we, i took her there only one or twice we went in the entire time and uh, and i remember i love chewing bones of the chicken but because there was plenty of meat i didn't even bother to chew the leftover meat on the sides of the bones why because it's keep on coming at home i would clean it in such a way it came out of a chemistry lab or something you know need to wash some of my staff are witness of that you see my point that's what paul is saying i know how to live in abundance but i also know how to live in with what is the what is the moral of this story the moral is christ is glorified in our contentment say this after me when i am content come on guys when i am content christ is glorified the real challenge the world says to us get all you can can all you get sit on your can that's what the world says get it this is yours this is your deal you don't have money we give you credit card zero interest listen to me this is a trap at one point i'm going to share this message on finances but i will give you a synopsis of finances how do we live a debt free victorious life these are the five principles the first one tithe you give your 10% to god you give your first 10% to god that's why we give tithe to the god you're not giving to me you're not giving to papa's house you're giving to god and wherever you are spiritually fed you need to give that's the tithe the second 10% is your savings you got to put your 10% in savings minimum actually this is all bare requirements to live a debt free life the second 10% is your savings what is that savings is not for you to go and get a, a t-shirt later savings is for your future for emergencies for your future plans you don't touch that the rest 80% you got to live the rest 80% you got to live the three remaining principles what is the third principle priorities what is your priority going to kfc is not your priority going to unlimited is not your priority paying your electricity bill is your priority paying your house rent is your priority are you getting my point paying your installment on the bike is your priority number 4 your needs needs are different from your wants i may want a rado watch but i all i need is a watch to tell my time hello rado watch also tells the same time it doesn't give you 10 minutes extra time you get my point i'm not against luxury goods you can have it you can have a gucci bag or dolce gabbana shoes or devil wears prada 
you can wear your prada shoes but the shoes of prada is not going to sit next to you on the dining table the shoes of prada that's that comes 5000 or 10000 rupees shoes still sits in the place where it's called shoe rack hello just because you paid 20000 rupees for prada shoes does not mean that shoe you're going to take it and put it in the shelf in the cupboard next to or in the bureau if you do that probably you need deliverance <laughs> you understand my point needs are not the same as wants you may be praying for ferrari but actually what god is going to give you is a toyota why that's what you need hello come on these are the four principles what is the first one tithe savings priorities needs and the finally is the wants and when you keep this order your life is a debt free life a joyful life abundant life the world teaches this everything ulta reverse first is want get the salary macha party have you heard that yes party and then and then if there is any leftover pay the bill or tell to that uncle uncle next month i will add and give uncle and then leftover put some savings some some installments and then finally you searching some coins to drop it in the offering box sir so that one pastor said every time you that members of their church puts offering he felt like he is getting a knock on the head because the coins are falling you know rendu ruwa anjiruwa patruwa coin is falling on his head the pastor's offering box you know thank god that's why i kept it very open you know i don't want to get a knock on my head you know you learn through experience anyway <laughs> that's the world thinking so if you reverse this try it i am been living a lifestyle of abundance we are not living a prosperity the world talks about prosperity life but living a kingdom wealth life we never owe to anyone we never have any debt in this world we don't have any lack but we live an abundant life what does that mean you follow the principles biblical principles will take you sometimes people say i na save pandra all i did was shaving in tamil la they say differently i can't say that we are recording brother you know what i'm saying no <clears throat> anyway so this is the principle christ wants to be glorified in your contentment so don't compare your 22 inch tv with the 40 inch tv of your neighbor thank god you have a 22 inch tv amen only one amen hmm? i wish i have a 40 inch tv don't we can com- don't compare you know that's one of the things we compare 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 when you compare two things happens you will always find somebody who is doing better than you you will go depressed and you will always find somebody who is doing lesser than you you will grow in pride pride and discouragement are dead ends you will never reach the fullness of god kapish last one okay this is my interesting favorite one the holy spirit is going to help us second corinthians 6:14 okay this is another one cut and paste people do that do not be yoked together with unbelievers for do for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common for the fellowship can light with the darkness 
What does that mean? Before I share, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. This verse is taken totally out of context. People say, well, I've been married to this girl, but I just feel she's not the one. I'm going to dump her. My friends, this is not what the Bible says. So many places, divorce is very common. In India, divorce is common. But the word divorce, we don't use. The girl will go to the mother's home and she will never come. Separation. I know one pastor, his son, I remember that son's wife went for the delivery and they, they gave birth and, and the son is now six or seven years old. Every time I visit, even two weeks ago, we were there and I asked, where's your daughter-in-law? She went for delivery. Seven years she is giving delivery. For the seven years. It's the longest delivery in the Guinness record. We, 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 because in a shame culture, no, Indian culture, we are shame culture. We don't want to say divorced. We don't want to say separated. That too, pastor's family, shame on you, man. So what we say? We excuse. I know another pastor. Every time I go, sister went to grab water. She is grabbing water for the fast four years. Every time I go for a house visiting. Where is sister? And <laughs> we are recording, the wisdom says, keep it, keep it. My friend, what is actually the real, the point? Christ is glorified in our commitment. You see, this one beautiful thing, you must read the book called The Christ of the Indian Road. If you, you can even find it in Kindle or maybe in ELS, find that book. It's written by the author E. Stanley Jones. He says, before you go to your country to preach the gospel, ask Jesus what Jesus has put his gifts in the hearts and minds of the people. So he's a follower of Jesus. He arrived during the Gandhiji time and he asked the Lord, Lord, that time Christianity is very less, no? And he said, Lord, tell me what are the good things that you have put in the people of the Indians. And he, I can't remember all the five things. There are five things he wrote down. One is the Indians generally have a desire to know the Supreme Being. That's true or not? That's true. We believe more in the spirit than somebody who is drunk. That's true. That's the first thing. Number two, Indians have a deep sense of commitment. That's why in the Tamil movies or Bollywood movies, the Tali sentiment. Have you seen that? They take the thali, you know, now they, they take it and throw it. Chantai, you know. Hello, somebody will try to take the thali out, I remember. And that is the time the interval will happen. The thali, the, the mangalyam, mangal, mangal sutra. Mangal sutra, that's what thali, not the thali plate. We do that later, after the mangal sutra. Because Abhishek is thinking, Thali is why is there? Like, it should be here. It's a Mangal Sutra. I still remember one of the movies, the Kushpu's movie. She almost stared in interval. So what I tell you, what I was saying? You know, and 
this guy writes this five things another one he said it's not only the commitment it's the uh, seeking the eternal and then the desire to serve others hospitality go to the village the first thing they will bring it they'll bring a glass of water their hand finger may be into that you may be thinking where did you put that finger 10 minutes ago but still hello come on guys you laugh as if you don't know what i'm talking i remember i remember one amma she was doing but the commitment that that you know i i don't remember all the four but you read that book it's fascinating it transformed my life and he said try to identify those treasures that god has put and speak life over them isn't it beautiful that we have a gift of hospitality we have a gift to seek the lord you know last night we had a uh, in the afternoon uh, one of my neighbors uh, she came and said she's going through a really tough time and uh, and she said i have tried this is what she said i have went to all the temples and i didn't find answer i came here hoping jesus would give me answer so we sat for 15 minutes we prayed she poured her heart out she said finally i feel light isn't it amazing there is a sense of seeking the spiritual being she searched spiritual being but she is finding something vacuum inside so instead of going and telling in a imperialistic way let's find those treasures so this is one of the things indians we are blessed with a sense of deep commitment but we are getting all the external world views saying oh if you are not happy you should leave him hello write it down write it down this principle the number one goal of god in your life is not to make you happy but to make you holy hello this may shock you the number one goal of god in your life is not to make you happy but to make you holy happiness is the by product of the holiness the world says holiness is the by product of happiness my friends don't pray god make my husband in such a way that i will be happy pray in the way make my husband to be holy like you and the happiness will follow amen hello pray in such a way alter your prayers that's what it says here don't be yoked together with unbelievers what does that mean it does not talk about those who are committed in the lord it talks about people who come together that's why i always say if you are a born again christian following jesus again i use the word christian means follower of jesus not the religion and you can't just go and find somebody who is not following jesus because that is unequally yoked again it's an agricultural term where you put two ox of the same capacity to carry the load to plow the ground so you can't put an ox and then a donkey it won't plow the ground the goal of the ox together yoked why to bear fruit so it's that's the point but what we have done in the christian world what we have done in the normal time oh i don't feel happy Oh he's snoring too much. I know people Christians because the guy snores too much they have walked away from the commitment. My friends, 
listen this is very important christ wants to be glorified in our commitments the best compliment i receive is not from you is from my wife the number one ministry is not here it's my family i am a mess there i am a big mess here my first ministry is to isaac and asha of course first to my wife and isaac and asha amen your ministry is not here this is just one sunday thing you come together you share the goodness of god with the fellow believers but then your real life starts after the church how are you committed with your family with your church with your spouse and if you are not committed we don't see a growth imagine if i don't not committed to my wife if i'm not committed to my kids what they going to grow they going to grow up as an orphans if you are not committed to the church see you have to pick one church you stick with that you why because you can grow you know sometimes people have this tendency like you know hop around i i really want to challenge all of us i lived 9 years as a missionary in 3 4 countries i lived more than 3 years and uh, and every time when i lived in south africa for the first time i went to one church and they spoke only afrikaans and they gave me a little microphone at the back they would translate it i would sit at the back and i felt many very strongly i have to go different churches try around no i sat in one place i learned why because you grow you get you're connected you connect with people you learn relationships is not just me talking it's finding one another your core core group where you can encourage one another what happens today if the preacher say something that they don't like immediately they swap i want to challenge you take your commitment seriously before the lord take your commitment seriously before one another today it's so easy to unfollow friends hello facebook gives you option even to snooze your friends for 30 days hello have you snoozed any of your friends okay that silent is an yes i can hear it loudly in my spirit in those days it's not so easy to unfollow the bible says they they refuse to be associated with jesus anymore john chapter 6 my challenge is this take commitment seriously so let's recap this four things the first one christ is glorified in my cities so if, if the cities are blessed i am blessed the second one christ is glorified in my circumstance all the sea you know so it's i made it in a easy way so you can remember cities circumstances and then christ is glorified in our contentment the last one christ is glorified in my commitments amen